Welcome to the Conceive Baby Podcast. My name's Tasha Jennings, fertility naturopath and nutritionist. In each episode, I share with you my best fertility tips and introduce you to world-leading fertility experts to help you improve your fertility well-being to create your healthy pregnancy. Welcome to today's episode of the Conceive Baby podcast. I'm fertility naturopath and nutritionist, Tasha Jennings. And today we're going to be talking about a time in the fertility journey that can be exciting and nerve-wracking all at once. And that's the two-week wait. If you've been trying to conceive for any length of time, you'll have probably heard about the two-week wait. We are talking about that time after ovulation, if you're trying to conceive naturally, or after embryo transfer, if you're doing IVF, when there's that two-week window of time before you find out if you are pregnant. Now, anyone listening to this in this two-week wait right now, We're sending loads of positive vibes your way. And today we're going to be talking about the foods and nutrients that are especially important to fuel healthy growth and development in that all-important window. Now, if you haven't already downloaded my free fertility checklist with some simple dietary swaps and my favorite fertility recipes as well, be sure to do show at tashajennings.com.au forward slash checklist. And joining me to dive into this two-week window is Monique Cormack. Monique is an accredited nutritionist with expertise in female and male fertility pregnancy support and postnatal care. She runs her own virtual clinic, working with individuals and couples to optimize fertility and have a healthy pregnancy. An IVF warrior herself, Monique knows that the fertility journey can be a roller coaster. Through education, empowerment and compassion, Monique provides clarity and confidence to her clients. So welcome to the podcast, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to diving into this with you today. And I know we just chatted off air and I think we could have chatted for hours about fertility. (laughs) So looking looking forward to diving into this with you. Now, first of all, tell us about your story. You're an IVF warrior. How did you end up helping other women? Well, I guess, so my interest in nutrition sort of predated um, my infertility experience. I was already studying Mm. nutrition and I guess had a broad interest in nutrition, not sure what I was going to do. Um, I was actually Mm. also working as a lawyer at the time, which was my first career. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, so during this time, unsurprisingly, I'm sure after seeing hundreds of clients, you'd know a similar story. I was (laughs) trying to work as a lawyer, trying to complete a degree, Mm -hmm. really, really burnt out. And then Mm. all of a sudden... Um, came off the contraceptive pill and lo and behold, turns out it wasn't going to be so easy for me to fall pregnant. Um, And so I went through a quite a, I guess, quite a long infertility journey, not in terms of how long my medical treatment took. I was quite lucky with IVF, um, but in terms of, I guess, just getting the right support, the right treatment and actually getting my answers, it took quite a while. Um, But yeah, so I ended up um, going through ovulation induction and IVF twice um, and then 
I got two for the price of one and ended up with identical twins from IVF. So amazing! all of that sort of happened while I was finishing off the last um, parts of my nutrition degree. And so obviously yeah. it just all, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, though a lot of infertility feel, things I feel like just don't happen for any reason. They're just completely unfair. But mm. in my case, I think that there was some element of fate involved and I just knew that that was my way forward. So I just realised going through everything, there's just such a gap in the support system like there's the there's you realizing there's an issue and then there's getting medical assistance and then there's that whole gap in between of what can I do before I get there um and we know that dietary lifestyle factors influence our fertility and I just think gosh if I'd known now like back then what I know now I you know could I have changed my outcomes would I have needed so much assistance and yeah, I just, I want to make that easier for other people now. So. Yeah, I I, I feel you. Um, I had the same experience. I think I, if I had known what I know now and yeah, yeah. I, that's my attitude as well. I just want to pay it forward now. I want to help other, exactly. other women to to hopefully you know conceive and carry really healthy babies and I was just talking to a patient today and um it's not just about getting you pregnant it's about getting you a healthy baby and that nourishment starts you know way before you know just when there are a twinkle in your eyes I like to say that's when you start nourishing your your future baby yeah it's so very true it's not just about the getting pregnant is it there's just so much more to it than that there is we want those healthy bubbers at the other side as well so I guess we're looking at that two-week wait um in this this talk which is such a nerve-wracking time and I know from your probably personal experience as well the embryo transfers oh uh, my goodness yep it is such a long wait um you know to to get that test so I guess we'll want to be able to empower women today with some things they can do in that two-week wait to hopefully, you know, nourish and nurture that growing embryo. And so if you are pregnant, and hopefully you are if you're listening, um, there is so much happening in that two-week window, you know, two separate cells. They were separate cells only, you know, a week ago um, and now forming a new life and that that blastocyst is continuing to evolve and, and nesting itself into the intermetrium where it's, you know, accepted and protected by, by mum's immune system and connecting with their blood supply and that nourishment um, begins. Uh, If you'd like to know more about how the immune system uh, supports that receptivity, be sure to listen to my episode with Professor Sarah Robertson, where she joins me to share her research into the impact of the immune system on receptivity to pregnancy and how we can help to support that. And also another episode where Dr. Gemma Evans joins me um, to speak about her research into diet and endometrial receptivity. And today we're going beyond that. Hopefully the embryo has done its thing. Um, it's already helping to implant into that embryo. And now firstly, I'll caveat by saying, as we're speaking off air, there is nothing that you do or don't do in this window that's going to cause a pregnancy to fail. What we're talking about is what you can do to fuel the development of a pregnancy that's just starting to establish. So first of all, let's talk about some of the myths that are around yep. this two-week wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure we have to start them with the myths. We have we to do. start with them. Yep. <laughs> so obviously the few that I've had, Macca's chips, where are you? Where are you stand on the Macca's chips? Look, I think 
there is no doubt in my mind. I've really, I've actually bothered to look it up, to think about it. Why could it possibly be considered helpful? There is nothing. There is zip, zilch, nutter. There is no way that having Macca's chips is going to help with the implantation part of the two-week wait. And Mm. I think that's why Macca's chips are suggested to actually help with the embryo actually sticking. And as you said, being um, burrowing into that endometrium and being accepted. Now, there is no component of Macca's chips that would make that a unique food. I think And based on, you know, talking to clients and looking around and seeing where they've heard this from, where it seems to have come from is this idea that after you've done an IVF stimulation cycle, so absolutely nothing to do with the actual transfer and implantation, but when you've done that stimulation cycle, um, there are a proportion of women who will develop something called hyperstimulation syndrome. And Mm. one of the dietary strategies that's recommended to manage um, mild ovarian hyperstimulation so if it's moderate to severe you need medical attention do not attempt to macros chips yourself out of it um (laughs) but is that macros chips are high sodium so Mm. high sodium may help with the um the the fluid retention um that's associated with mild hyperstimulation now this has absolutely nothing to do with an embryo implanting has nothing to do with a two-week wait and in fact if you have a frozen transfer um you're not likely to be hyperstimulated Um, unless they've really got your transfer prep very, very wrong. So some people do have medicated IVF transfers, but I've got to say they'd have to get it pretty wrong um, for you to be requiring a high sodium diet. And if they got it that wrong, probably won't be going ahead with the transfer anyway. You'd be hoping they're checking those bloods and and getting them right before they do that transfer. Yeah, for sure. So there's just nothing to the Macca's chips things, but also... If that's the day of your life that you're going to have McDonald's chips, then you should totally have them. It's it's really what you eat on embryo transfer day is just not it's just not a thing. It's not. Yep, I look. I agree yep. with you. And yeah. the Macca's chips thing, if if you're hearing your two nutritionists say this, um, if you really want to do it, then do it. I think it's all yeah. about having, I, I love the um, study where they had medical clowns entertain the women yes. after, yep. you know, after, and that, you know, they had better outcomes of women that were entertained by medical clowns, better um, pregnancy outcomes. So if, if that's your thing and it's going to bring you joy, <laughs> yep. then go do it. But there's nothing on a research level. There's nothing on a biological level to say that's going to do anything yeah so if you live 50 kilometers from a mcdonald's maybe don't just don't go there yeah exactly (laughs) just find another lovely treat for yourself that afternoon exactly just have what makes you happy like your happiness and your peace of mind is the top priority for that period of time like especially on the day if you're having a transfer absolutely your peace of mind is the most important and that's the only reason i would say to have the chips yeah I'm with you on yep. that. Yeah. Now the other one that gets a good good workout on on Google um, is the pineapple core. So let's yes. delve into that a little bit. Yeah. So I love that it has to be the gross part of the pineapple. That's it really is the, the chewy hard, stringy, the stringy well. hard part that's hard to eat. But so there is, I mean, there is a reason for suggesting the pineapple core. Um, so the reason is that pineapple is a source of an enzyme called bromelain. Um, this is basically what we what is known as it's, it's like a protein digesting enzyme. And I guess what it's thought to do is to thin the blood. And by thinning the blood, we actually then improve blood flow around the body. We imp- improve blood flow to the uterus. And there's this theoretical idea that, okay, if we support blood flow, 
improved blood flow to the uterus, more delivery of oxygen and nutrients, better outcomes for that mm. um, transfer or waiting for that implantation to take place after a natural conception. Um, that's great. Um, love the science behind it. Um, no actual evidence that that actually does do anything though. So there is no um, there is no actual scientific study or any clinical data that we have that it would actually improve your outcomes. Now, I think the reason the core suggested is because that enzyme is actually concentrated in the core as opposed to the sort of outer flesh of the pineapple. Um, look, again, if it makes you happy um, to consume pineapple core, I don't know how it could because it's not particularly great to eat. <laughs> I'd much rather eat the other part of the pineapple. Um, yeah. But if it does and it is a peace of mind thing, that's fine. But again, there are other studies, and I'm sure we're going to talk about them, there are other mm. sort of functional foods um, and things that you can um, consume that actually do have a, at least a little bit of scientific data behind them. And exactly. if you're going to do anything, I would go with the ones that actually have some kind of research behind them. There's nothing behind the pineapple core. It's not particularly appetising. I mean, if it was, you know, eat half a block of chocolate for implantation success, I'm sure we'd all be doing it, um, <laughs> study or not. But with its pineapple core, you know, I don't, yeah. Um, my my opinion is it's completely unnecessary and if you like it go for it um but if not I, i'd rather go with sort of the more research-backed functional foods and as you very well know there's very for a lot of um nutritional interventions there's often very limited data um but i go with what we do have and i often say there is limited data because there's limited research this isn't something yeah, that so you we know just... we can paint it at the other end i know my, my husband's involved in in research from a medical field and that's because they can paint the drug at the other side there's a lot of money put behind this exactly. research so it doesn't necessarily mean some of these things aren't yeah don't yeah, have it, their, their there might be some merit. yeah there might be yeah. some benefit to this enzyme it's just that unfortunately there is no evidence um and because we do have a little bit of evidence for other things then I guess the position we're in at this point is that probably to do other things. But again, there's no harm in consuming the pineapple core and there is some theoretical uh, link. So um, I'm with you I, on that though. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, recommend it. I just go, no, yeah, there's some maybe behind it, but, but yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's like, how would just consuming it just then be helpful? Yeah. Because really you'd want to be nourishing that endometrium from well before the do you know what I mean? So of I'm course. like, well, how many yeah. days do I have to eat it for? Yeah. <laughs> Are we eating it for six weeks? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. 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 So then there's a whole other, if it did was helpful, I think we'd probably actually need to eat a lot more than we think we do as well. I think so. Because yeah. like, how much bromelain's in the pineapple core? I mean, there's exactly. not going to be massive concentrations. Yep. And, you know, where did you get the pineapple? It's, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I know I how much them. to eat is a hundred grams. What, it, what, it, what are we doing? Like, do you need to start it two weeks before, you know, transfer? Do you continue it until the pregnancy test? Like there's just, oh my gosh, the questions. But yeah, I mean, for now, I don't recommend it either. I just don't see the point. Neither do I. So if you want to yeah. eat it, we're not saying don't. Go for it. Yeah, sure. No for evidence sure. <laughs> behind it whatsoever, unfortunately, that or the Macca's chips. Um, look, is there any myths we want to bust before we move on to the good stuff that does actually have some foundation behind it? Um, I think the, I guess, the only other things that I tend to get asked about are things that can sort of go the opposite way so people are really worried that things are going to harm and cause like mm. contractions and things in the two-week wait it's just really unlikely that if you just ingest a food-based amount of something yeah. that it's likely to influence the outcome either way so you know for example if you're worried about turmeric 
and you have a curry with turmeric in it. it the, 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 the amount of active ingredient, the curcumin, that you would be consuming is so small. Um, so a lot of these food-based interventions or worried that you've eaten something, like, for example, like um, I've eaten raw fish. I mean, mm. one implantation at the start of the two-week wait hasn't even occurred. There's no placentation. So exactly. the raw fish, the issue isn't even an issue. No problem. But yeah. um, also, the like, if you're worried about a particular ingredient like peppermint or turmeric or whatever, if it's food-based, it's very unlikely to have that influence. It's when people mm. are taking like mega doses of supplements that I do get concerned because the yeah. reality is this is the start of a potential pregnancy. You do have to be careful, but food level worry, I think is that step too far. Do you know, we really need yeah. to look at therapeutically, what could you possibly be consuming in that meal? Um, yeah. And it's often, you know, same with, as with the bromelain, it's just not enough anyway. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Wish we had that miracle, but yeah, there is no oh, miracle I wish. around that. Yeah, for sure. And and look, as it foods, there's really nothing that's going to cause this pregnancy to fail in regards yeah. to that. So I think that's exactly. the, the main caveat that's around exactly this. So it. don't you can't you're not no. gonna yeah, like you said, the caveat at the start, we're not yeah. we're just talking about nourishment. We're not talking about, you know, causing either a really positive or a really negative consequence. That's not that's not what this time is for. Exactly. This is for yeah. the fingers crossed. Let's hope it's doing its thing. Let's nourish yep. this as much exactly. as we can. So we are talking about that nourishing because if you are pregnant in this two-week wait, a phenomenal amount of amount is happening. I just think it's absolutely yep. amazing all the stuff that's happening during this two-week time. So yep. let's talk about the things that you can do to help that support that nourishment. What are the the key nutrients that that we're wanting to look at in that two-week wait? Well, you're right. Like there's actually so much going on that we can't mm. see. Like if, I mean, if you have been through IVF, like I have, or if you've ever seen like that Petri dish of the embryo dividing right at the start, like that is in the first few days, Phenomenal. you know, watching it divide into not multiple cells, watching it hatch, doing all that, like fast forward a few more days or a week into the process, you know, like you're right. There is just so much incredible stuff going on. And the two week wait is potentially, and we hope it is the start of a pregnancy. And yeah. quite often we don't, well, we don't know because we haven't tested. We don't know that we're pregnant at this stage, but actually mm. the embryo, that fetus is already, you know, the fetal development has started. Um, mm. So what I actually, you know, top priorities during the two-week wait is to start thinking about those early pregnancy nutrients. Now, yeah. um, the first trimester can be a really tough time for um, a lot of um, pregnant people, especially by the time they start getting, you know, past sort of like week five or six and those symptoms, possibly nausea, start to set in. So in those early weeks, while you can, getting in some of those early pregnancy nutrients is actually a really good idea. So, mm. you know, the good old, good old folate. Mm -hmm. um, which you can um, take from food sources. So you've got like, you know, your leafy greens, um, you've got like eggs, legumes, citrus fruit, um, avocado. So lots of um, food-based folate. And you should also be taking an appropriate prenatal multivitamin. Um, as you very well know, we've got to have that yeah. minimum. So for the general population, doesn't apply to everyone. You do have that minimum sort of 400, but usually it's around 400 or 500 micrograms in a supplement. Uh, that could be as folate, um, folic acid or folinic acid. Um, depending on what's appropriate for you. So, you know, you've got that um, folate. Uh, the second one I really love that I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on would be choline. So I know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of um, uh, people might not be as familiar with choline, but 
it's a similar, it's in a similar, I guess, nutrient family to folate. It's actually a friend. I talk about it as like it's a friend of folate. So I do too. Comes, it's really, yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's like, it yeah, is. And that they're, and they're all like friends together yep. and they, <laughs> you look at me like, have you <laughs> make it like that? But they make friends and they help your body to actually replicate mm. DNA. And that yep. DNA, pro, like what, and they help with um, periods of rapid cell division. And yep. when you are growing a baby, there is some seriously rapid cell division going on. So we yeah. want to have folate, vitamin B12 and choline. We want to have them all making friends with each other. They don't go well at parties without each other. They need to go together. So um, yep. having those choline rich foods. So you've got things like um, eggs, meat, poultry, seafood. They're usually are richer sources. If you want to go look at more of the plant sources, you've got like your legumes, so like beans and things like that, um, your nuts, your seeds, and also um, like your brassica vegetables, like broccoli and cauliflower and things like that. But I mean, with choline, it's, it's quite a high amount that you need. So obviously diversifying and having a lot of different choline rich foods is a great idea. Um, and then, like I said, mentioned vitamin B12. Um, and then the other one I just wanted to quickly mention is iodine. So mm. um, I think that, you know, for a country that actually has a like standard medical guideline that prioritizes iodine, it's funny how many people don't realize that it actually is a priority. Mm. Um, and Iodine is actually really crucial in early pregnancy because your thyroid gland goes crazy in pregnancy and yeah. it needs to make thyroid hormones for not only you, but this new life that Ooh, you're creating baby. because your baby doesn't mm. have a thyroid gland yet. Yeah. So we really need to make sure our iodine is optimized because um, we need that to actually physically, that's the that's the what we make the thyroid hormone from. So um, yeah, so my sort of top three are always folate, choline, and iodine. And I always also like to check, make sure adequate B12 is going in. Usually not a problem, I guess, in an omnivore, but with our sort of like more plant-focused um, eaters, it is more of a priority. And usually, again, that's where a good prenatal multivitamin is essential because that's where we're getting that supplemental B12 for that um, particular group. But usually I'd say the majority of people are supplementing B12 anyway, regardless of what they eat. Um, yeah. But yeah, so rather than you know worrying about pineapple cores or chips and mm. things like that, which have this real short term viewpoint, like, oh, I just need to be pregnant. I'm thinking of the two week waiters. Okay, this is like you said, when we nourish, when we're starting our new life, we're going to be optimistic and assume, yep, I'm pregnant. So what are the nutrients that we can have in this time that nourish us and nourish baby? Um, those would be my top picks, actually. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And I think B12 gets lost. Choline does. Yeah. And I think it's it's being sl slightly more recognised. I saw a great article calling it the new rock star pregnancy nutrient, the new yes, folate. I think I've US. seen that one. Yeah, that one too. And the new folate. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And I think there is yeah. people think, okay, well, I've never heard of folate. It can't be that important. But, you know, these nutrients we're talking about, you know, vitamin A, vitamin E, your folate, they were recognised back in the 1940s. Um, sure. But choline was recognised in 1998, which, I don't know about you, but 40s, crazy. 90, 40s, I was not here, yep. but 98, you know, that was exactly. recent. I was studying by then. So yep. you know, it's pretty recent. So it may not, it been before, you know, some medical practitioners have, you know, asked That's what I was qualified. just thinking. It like hasn't before, in their text, exactly. It's not even there. It wasn't even it's not a even thing. There. No. Yep. And now 
the AMA in America have made it mandatory that all prenatal supplements in America have choline in there. Mm -hmm. It hasn't hit Australian shores. So anyone in America, you probably got it in there. In -hmm. Australia, we are mandated to have the iodine in there Mm -hmm. content, but not the choline. So do check your prenatal. Um, I know I have my prenatal that I developed with the same passion when I was wanting to conceive and couldn't find anything good enough. Yep, yep, (laughs) Um, I understand that. So yeah, Zycia provides that. 300 of the the choline, your folinic acid and and the iodine in there. So good prenatal covers all your bases. And I think B12 gets lost a little bit. I think we do hear about iron and folate. I think women have got the iron and folate message, but choline gets lost. And as you said, iodine gets lost. Yep. It does. Yeah. And it's funny with iodine because it is such a, it's actually like that base level public health intervention kind of recommendation. And yet yeah. I have lost count of the amount of people through my clinic who have been to a, you know, GP early pregnancy appointment and they're like, oh, you're taking folic acid out, out the door, you go. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you need to go back yeah. in the door. <laughs> and yeah. sort it. Well, I'm going to sort it out. But, you know, we're, we're missing this crucial absolutely crucial nutrient Um, and as you said this is world health organization recommendations this is not something it's not woo woo we're not coming out of left field and saying oh you need this magical berry from the andes this is it's iodine it's like an essential mineral it's really basic Exactly. And we are depleted. Our soils are unfortunately in Australia are depleted. So we really need to get this through our supplement and we can have your levels tested as well um, through a nutritionist or your GP can um, do an iodine test through the urine. Um, But I do recommend a baseline supplementation for everyone, unless you're taking thyroid speak with your yes, unless you've got a thyroid yep yeah speak with your gp um or your thyroid specialist or your fertility specialist if you're taking thyroxine but we still want to make sure your iodine levels are optimized for pregnancy regardless yep yep absolutely yeah yeah so yeah those are the main things um that yeah i would focus on I think so. So we talked about a few of the the foods. Now, yep. what are your top? I mean, some of the folate rich foods, obviously choline rich yeah. foods. What yep. are your top foods? We talk about berries. We talk. Is there any of your go tos? And I know we'll provide everyone. You've got a great yep. um, menu plan um, that I'll put the link to in the show notes. Yep. Um, so thank you for providing that. So what are yep. your best ones that people um, can listen to now? Yeah, so I do recommend a couple of foods. And I know earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that there were some functional foods with, I guess, a little bit more research behind them. When I say functional mm. foods, we, we're we sort of referring to a food where there's some kind of like scientific data that it may perform a function beyond just nourishing you, filling you up, you know, providing you with vitamins and minerals, et cetera. And yep. there are a couple of, you know, as we've also said, research is very scarce. So please mm. do not, you know, go oh my gosh you know this is scientifically backed absolutely proven to guarantee my pregnancy or etc etc we are not talking about that level of confirmation we're talking about a handful of studies so some functional foods um are um first of all beetroot now Mm. looking at the this looking at the bromelain argument of um thinning the blood there is actually a study um of a I think it was 395 women who were given a beetroot watermelon and ginger juice from the day they had an embryo transferred so they were doing assisted reproduction to the day of their pregnancy test and they, they there was in, in improved pregnancy rates in the juice group and the researchers concluded that this was likely due to the action mainly of the beetroot um, because beetroot um, contains dietary nitrates 
Um, not the bad kind of nitrates you may have heard of that are in processed meats, but a positive nitrate that is converted into the body called into something called nitric oxide. And this may actually mm. help to dilate your blood vessels, improve blood flow and improve the flow of oxygenated blood and nutrients to the uterus, to the endometrium and support implantation of the embryo, support those early stages of pregnancy. Um, so it's actually similar to that bromelain theory in that we're like impro somehow improving that uterine blood flow. So because there is one study behind it, you could safely consume a, a beetroot juice. So that's a functional yeah. food you could focus on. Again, is it going to change everything? No. However, mm. that is something that I'd say, okay, look, they've actually done something about this. There, there is a theory. And we also know that beetroot is used. Um, it's a sports supplement for the same reason. We actually know yeah. that um, in the sports field, in the sports nutrition field, that beetroot does provide that nitric oxide boost. So there's actually a little bit more science on the nitric oxide element of it as well. Um, so beetroot, um, the other um, food group I recommend is whole grains. So there is also some research um, indicating that um, women who consumed uh, whole grains regularly, so daily, um, had enhanced um, uh, pregnancy rates from um, IVF cycles. And the researchers there attributed that to the whole grain intake, improving the thickness, the, the juicy lining of your endometrium. So, you know, we've got to get that embryo to burrow in somewhere and attach itself and be well nourished, like the very start. Um, and whole grains may help to thicken the endometrial lining. So that's, again, a nice, simple, um, some scientific literature behind it, association with enhanced um, pregnancy outcomes. And also whole grains are good for you for so many other reasons. So not a difficult food group to recommend. So you can yeah. also do the whole grain. After that, I'd be mainly prioritizing your anti-inflammatory foods. So making sure you're having some um, foods high in omega-3, so your fatty fish, um, nuts and seeds. And nuts and seeds are also great for vitamin E. So those would be sort of my top food recommendations for the two-week wait. Again, I know we talked about this um, offline before, but, you know, we don't go into the, the two-week wait is not a time to achieve massive health outcomes. That's why mm. we want to see you pre that time like the preconception phase getting ready to try and conceive is actually when we want to sort of affect real change in your diet um the two-week wait is really just about nourishing we're not trying to drastically change anything um because yeah. we don't have enough time so but yeah we hope you've seen one of us or have, yes. you know got your levels looked at Please. by a functional <laughs> nutritionist or a, or a naturopath specializing in this area because that's the other thing we were talking about is the um, doctors are looking for deficiency or disease, um, which is wonderful. I'm married to a doctor. I work with a lot of specialists. But what we're wanting is optimal levels. And so to get optimal levels, like I say to my patients, I, I want to fill your tank. I want you to go into these pregnancies with a nice full tank because you're running a marathon, you're creating a new Absolutely. life, a new brand new human being in there. So you really want a nice full tank. So um, thanks for, for getting that across. I think that's really important for people to be aware that this two week wait period that we're talking about all this nourishment you can do and the beetroot juice and great. I love beetroot anyway. So much yeah, good value in that lovely <laughs> of it it's fantastic so many antioxidants uh, but we're not trying to fix deficiencies we're not trying to overcome any issues we hopefully you've already done that in that preconception period and we're just talking about fueling that that all-important cell division and growth that is happening so rapidly in those beautiful early stages yeah and I think I just I just can't I want to just furiously nod, but I know I'm on camera, so I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> um, but I just couldn't agree with you more about we're just 
nourishing, fueling day by day. Mm. But I think, you know, I think I guess as a society, we're so used to, I guess, especially these days, having really instantaneous outcomes. Like, oh, I want to download. I want to stream something. It's got to happen in two seconds. Oh, this isn't working. I'll just move on. And the thing about fertility and preconception health is that it doesn't move like that. It doesn't. So that's why we want to see you early. Um, We want to make sure everything's optimal. The tank is filled up and we just don't have enough time in the two week wait to do that. So, you know, the main message would be if you're thinking about this stuff, start doing it before you get there. And then you can actually sort of actually kick back a little bit in the two week wait and go, I'm ready. Um, And it actually mentally, it mentally helps you as well, because if you're ready, you won't, you know, it's the, the mental load of the two week wait is huge. So if you prepare earlier, that's actually going to help you psychologically so much as well. Um, and I don't think I could understate that element as well of the importance of preconception care. It just makes you feel better. Absolutely. And yeah. we uh, that preconception care really can, and we're going for men too. We, we won't develop, go, no, go yeah, off topic. Oh my gosh, yeah, um, too much. <laughs> but, you know, the preconception care you both do is helping you pass on the best DNA to fit your future child. And I think that is such an exciting and, you know, such an amazing thing to be able to do is to fuel the health of the next generation. So as we were saying, it's not just about getting you pregnant. We want you to have a really healthy pregnancy you want you yeah. to have a really healthy baby. So definitely come and see Monique or I nice and early so that you can get all those levels checked yeah. and you can get that nice full tank. Um, and then obviously enjoy some beetroot um, in that two-week way. Yeah, sure. Some Macca's chips if you really want to on the day. Go for it. Pineapple <laughs> corp, add it to the cart, whatever you, exactly. whatever gets you through. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just have those uh, joyful hormones floating through your system, I think is the most important thing we can do. And yeah, just enjoy that two week wait, knowing you've done everything you can. And yeah, fingers yep. crossed for a, for a good outcome. So yep. is there anything else you would like to leave us with today to, to wrap up if anyone's in that two week wait now? Um, I guess the only other thing I'd really like to emphasize, and it's more on the medical side of things, is don't try to change your routine too much during the two-week wait. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of frenzied questions from followers on Instagram, from clients even, going, you know, can I lift a box? Can I climb the stairs? Mm. Um, Should I lay down? Can I take my dog for a walk that's more than two kilometres? It's actually really important to just know that the embryo is not going to fall out. Um, You are going to be okay. And actually we want to promote joyfulness and also blood flow and you lying yep. down like a log yeah. <laughs> is not actually going to help you we're actually trying to promote yeah. blood flow we're trying to promote the circulation we're trying to make you know I don't want you training for an iron man mm. but at the same time um we don't need to, to to sort of make these huge modifications to routine we actually want to promote joy distraction happiness you know and if you do have any concerns about an activity, seek clearance from your medical team, absolutely. But also you can climb the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you can pick yeah. up a box. You know, you can tie your shoelaces. Please continue to live your life um, as you need yeah. to. Yeah, that would be I my I think it's important <laughs> to say, because I know it sounds silly, but I just want to reiterate, you cannot shake an embryo out. Yes. You can't jump yeah. up and down. And I've and, been and, there. My yeah. first embryo transfer. <laughs> I was crazy. I know. I kept sitting every time I'd sit in the chair, I put my legs up on another chair and I was just, I don't know what I was, you know, now I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But, you know, I get it. 
perception. It's so yeah, it is. It, and you want to do absolutely everything. Sure. So you do want to wrap yourself in cotton wool. But I guess the key message is a lot of people fall pregnant without knowing they're pregnant. A lot of these early stages we don't mm-hmm. know. So anything you're going to do in that time, go about your normal daily routine. Um, yep. My general caveat is don't go do a hip class and don't go yes. don't go raising your heart rate. I, I usually say you raising your body temperature chat. really really hot. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Have a chat. Yep. You should be able to talk to your partner while you're exercising. Is my kind sure. of thing. Shouldn't yep. like go really high, but at the same time, you can certainly walk up the stairs. You can certainly go please. for a walk with your yep. dog. Please, please enjoy do. those activities. Yes, absolutely. We want to be promoting that healthy blood flow, that breathing, that oxygen, that ni- lovely nitric oxide to get that blood flow happening. So good caveat there that anyone yep. who is concerned, yes, you can still go about your day as as usual. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to be sure to put a link to your free resource, which you have kindly um, given us to the menu plan in the show yeah. notes. So wherever you're watching on listening, watching, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or my website, you will see a link to Monique's menu plan and her website there if you'd like more details. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Tasha. It's been lovely to chat. I'm sure we could chat for hours, but thank you for this, um, all these gold nuggets that we've got here for people today. Beautiful. Thanks so much again. Thanks soon. All right. Bye for now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Conceive Baby Podcast. To help you move forward on your journey to pregnancy, I've created your free fertility checklist for you. This checklist provides simple swaps you can make that can have a significant impact on your chances of conceiving and carrying your healthy baby. So be sure to head to conceivebaby.com.au forward slash checklist to download your free fertility checklist today.